Well, we are in, in Romans chapter 14 tonight. It is remarkable how simple this word of God really becomes, and yet how tremendously accurate and how detailed the word of God is. And especially as you know that we're still considering the word in the light of the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation without hypocrisy. Our decisions to learn are usually conditioned to a large degree by the effects of our upbringing. Having developed our prejudices at an early age. Romans 14.1, even though it isn't in the King James, it is in all the critical Greek texts, begins with the word but. But him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. The word but sets this verse in contrast with that verse which precedes. And the verse preceding says, Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. When we have put on the Lord Jesus Christ in our minds and do not make provisions for our previous prejudices, our sense knowledge, stupidity, we will have the renewed mind and we will be mature believers. This is why the word but in verse 1 has to be really understood and seen because the word weak is the word immature, not weak physically, you know, where you're just weak. It's not that. It's weak spiritually. You're immature spiritually. But him that is immature in the faith. The word faith, of course, as you well know, is the word pistis, which is believing. But that one who is immature in believing, receive ye, receive ye, not to doubtful disputations, not to doubtful reasonings, arguings, fight with, standing in the divine blessing of freedom and liberty through grace is an awesome privilege and an awesome responsibility. As born-again believers, we are inflexible in our convictions regarding the truth of God's word, but with the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation Without hypocrisy, we are lovingly considerate towards the prejudices or the immaturity of others who have not become as mature in believing as we may be. Frequently, the mature ones become arrogant and the immature ones become self-righteous. Many times grads pride themselves 
because of the great exposure and knowledge they have of God's word. That's arrogance. And then on the other hand, I've seen immature believers, believers who are just born again, who have not had the time to renew their minds to become mature in the word, or they have just failed to do so. They become self-righteous in their own immaturity. We must constantly, as believers, remember the authority of Christ over each and every one, both the mature and immature. Remembering that all, every born-again believer, will have to appear before the judgment seat of God. That's the Bema, where rewards are passed out. The abuse of the believer's liberty and freedom is sin. The indulgence in a critical and censorious attitude is also sin. The born-again believer who has renewed his mind with the love of God without any hypocrisy, they should desire to be the most mature that it's possible to be, but never, never judge, never censor, or torment the conscience and certainly never to despise the immature believers. The fight is always one of change. It's between your upbringing, what you were taught. You cannot believe beyond what you're taught. And so if you are brought up a certain way, and then the great accuracy of God's word is shown to you. The fight will always be, do you want to change? Do you really want to line up your life with the greatness of God's word? And people, it's always a fight. Some people become more mature much more rapidly than others. They grow up in the knowledge of the Word of God much faster than others. Perhaps it's because, number one, they will to do so. Number two, the knowledge of the accuracy and the greatness and the maturity of God's Word is available to them. In this section in Romans, we're dealing with the believer's right to liberty and freedom. Circumcision and the Mosaic law are antagonistic to the cross of Christ and what it accomplished. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them, which by nature are no, not gods, or no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how or why turn ye again to the weak and beggarly outward ordinances, elements is outward ordinances, whereunto 
you desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days and months and times and years. Immaturity, I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. In Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, Let no man therefore judge you in meat. We're talking here about one believer with another. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of what core? Christ. In chapter 3, verse 23, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done in the judgment by God and not by you as a believer. And there is no respect of what persons with God. Sounds like Acts in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat which God hath created to be received, partaken of with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. The mature ones. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight or I have run a great race. I have finished my course, the race. I have kept my faith, my believing. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also who love his appearing. It's the rewards at the Bema in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. For other foundation can no man what? Than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man, anybody, including Paul, build upon this foundation, gold, even if it's $1,200 an ounce, or silver, if it's 20 times more than you paid a year ago, or precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work, everybody's work, including the Apostle Paul, it says, shall be manifest, revealed, made known, opened up, seen, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every body's work, including Paul's, of what sort it is. 
If anybody's work, including Paul's or yours or mine, abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward at the Bema, the judgment by what God hands out. Verse 15, if any man's work, anybody's work, including Paul's or yours or mine, shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, will not receive the great rewards at the gathering together, at the judgment, at the Bema. He himself shall, however, be what? Sure, because he is a born again of God's Spirit, but he lived below par, yet so as by fire. In chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians, in verse 3, we read, But with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged or examined of you or of man's examination, man's judgment. Yea, I do not even judge my own what? Why? Because God does the judging. For I know nothing by myself. I know nothing of which I am guilty, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is whom? The Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time of the appearing of the Lord until the Lord come, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will manifest, show openly, the wills are the consuls of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God according to his works, which will be the rewards. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ's judgment seat, the Bema, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, what you did for him, either as a mature believer or immature, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad, whether it be right on with God's word or not in the maturity of the greatness of God's word. Going back to Romans 14, but that one who is immature in believing what do you do? You receive him. You receive him. Not to doubtful reasonings, not to argue with him, not to lambast him, not to criticize him, not to find fault with him. To me, this record in Romans is so simple. If you have a little baby that's a year old, would you expect that baby to be able to to participate in athletics like someone would at 16? You don't spank the baby. You don't criticize it. You keep loving that baby and keep nurturing it and building it up. Who as a born-again believer, no matter how mature you may be, has a right to judge or criticize any other born-again believer? When you and I judge other believers, 
It is only because we have not sufficiently renewed our minds with the love of God. Without hypocrisy. And it's like I've taught you many, many times. If you point one finger at someone else, you point three back at yourself. The maturity of fellow Christian believers depends upon the accuracy of God's word they're taught, the leadership of the tweak coordinator and everyone else, and their desire to become mature. Some Christian believers just never will get around to believing God's word to really develop a great maturity. Even those you and I do not sit in judgment on, we allow God to judge them when the time comes. See, the believer's right to liberty and freedom is a right that also makes you responsible to God for no judgment. If you really have the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation in your life without hypocrisy, you are not going to sit in judgment upon immature believers. Rather than judgment, you're going to lift them up. You're going to pray for them. You're going to help them with the best of your ability to make them more mature in their walk. It is not to argue with people. If you know so much more about God's word than some other believer, you don't argue with them. You keep lifting them, sharing it with them, believing that they will become more mature believers. In verse 2, for is the word indeed. Indeed, one believer believeth that he may eat all things, both clean and unclean. Another who is immature eateth herbs, because if you will remember the Old Testament laws, they had clean and unclean. And as these people were born again of God's Spirit, some of the more mature people, mature believers, thought it that didn't bother their conscience, didn't hurt them if they ate that which was called unclean by the law or if they ate the clean. The other people who were born again as believers said, well, we're not going to eat those things. We're only going to eat the herbs. Let not him, verse 3, who eateth clean and unclean because he has the renewed mind and he has become mature, despise. And the word despise is to belittle, to criticize and say, look, why don't you do like I'm doing? It says, no deal. Let not him who eateth, both clean or unclean, with a mature believing, despise him who eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received both. God hath received him. God is the one 
who saved both the mature and the immature believer. That's why in verse 4 it says, Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Let's say I had a servant working for me. Who is responsible for judging that man? Who is responsible to talk to him? I am because I am his what? Master. So you don't come along and judge my servant to his own master. He standeth or what? God hath received him, according to verse 3. God hath received him. So I don't sit in judgment over a fellow born-again believer, but the word yea is the word but in verse 4. He shall be holding up, for God is able. God is able to make him stand. His standing is one as the sun. His state is one of immaturity. The state of one man is more mature than another, but the standing of both is as a son of God. And he stands as a son of God before God. Mature or immature, he is still God's what? Son. Like a little baby, one minute old, its standing in the family is as big as the standing of a son that's full grown. Both are sons. Only one is more mature than the other. Verse 5, one man, one believer, born again, esteemeth. And the word esteemeth means selects for honor. One day above another. That's the immature. They select one day above another. Sunday observers, they esteem one day above another. Another selects for honor every day, every day, the more mature one. He just lives every day for God, and he doesn't esteem Sunday any better than Monday. He doesn't esteem Saturday any better than Friday. Let every man, every believer, be fully persuaded in his own mind. You can't go beyond the persuasion in your own mind. If you are immature, then you're still going to select for honor one day above another. You may select water, baptism, above another. Verse 6, He that regardeth the day is to regard it as unto what? The Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord, eateth not, and giveth God what? Thanks. The great key in all of this record in Romans is the love of God in the renewed mind without hypocrisy. No criticism. Both the eating of meat like the observations of days are compared, similar. First Corinthians says the greatest of these is love, the love of God in the renewed mind and manifestation in the church. 
in the body of believers. And people, you just dare never become critical to the end that you sit in judgment. For who knoweth the heart of a man or a woman except God? Maybe you don't look as mature to me as I think you ought to look. Who am I to sit in judgment on you? If you're born again of God's Spirit and you've got the evidence, the manifestation of speaking in tongues, which is the proof in the senses world of the internal reality and presence of Christ in you, the hope of glory, then you're my brother and you're my sister. Who am I to sit in judgment? If you want to be immersed three times backwards and forwards, who am I to sit in judgment? The word of God declares I have no right to do that. I simply have to love with the love of God and the renewed mind. Share with you, if I have a greater knowledge of God's word, share it with you, love you into loving the greatness of God's word. But should you ever not mature to the place that I have matured, I still have no right to sit in judgment upon you.